Denver Sports presents the Mile High Hockey Podcast with Mike Evans, presented by Fort Comfort Gutters. Now here's your host with the latest on the burgundy and blue, Mike Evans. Hey everybody, welcome into the Mile High Hockey Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters, your comfort, our priority. And as you can see, we have a guest this week and a face that is very familiar to those of you who are Denver sports fans and hockey fans and basketball fans. Uh, she she covers everything. I'm, of course, speaking of Lauren Gardner. Lauren, thank you so much for taking the time. Looks like you're enjoying an idyllic uh, Christmas winter experience right now. Tis the season, Mike Evans, first and foremost. Thank you so much for having me. Obviously, a big fan of yours and uh, just growing up in the Denver market, spending so much time there. Uh, I've always been a big fan of your work. So it's an honor to be on with you here today. Well, let's let's jump right into it because I have I've so much I want to talk to you, uh, hockey and even a little bit beyond, because you grew up here, you went to high school here, you went to college here, you you began your career here, and and now here you are, you're working with the MLB network, the NHL network. How does it feel to be one of Denver's best media success stories? How does it feel when I say that? It feels slightly uncomfortable if I'm being completely honest with you it's it doesn't feel like I'm doing anything out of the ordinary just having grown up a sports fan you know and my dad and I that's what we do on Sundays is we'd watch Broncos games and then when the abs came to town we're like whoa we love hockey and uh we went to all the cup parades and that's just kind of what galvanized us as a household and to this day my brother dad and I we have our you know our little sports thread and that's really all we talk about is like you know the abs in our home town teams and then we kind of talk about it you know at a, a more macro level but uh i'm very honored for you to say that i just love what i do and it doesn't feel like work i just returned from detroit uh last night having covered patrick kane patrick kane's debut with the red wings so it just felt like every step of the way was organic if that makes sense and the relationships that i built throughout the journey i think are what really matter and you know it's to quote my angelo this is going to get a little deep and a little cheesy for a second but i don't think people really do remember what you said or necessarily did i think people really will remember how you made them feel so i think it's relationships along the way that have made this so rewarding so i appreciate you saying that and i guess success is uh that is in that light is a great marker but for the most part it's just about the experiences as somebody who is an avalanche fan but yet also has covered the avalanche <laughs> locally nationally uh i i know that you maintain and can maintain your your objectivity when it comes time but when the avalanche won the cup what did that mean to you what kind of feelings did you experience Everything. I think I experienced everything that everyone in Colorado and the surrounding regions were feeling. I was fortunate enough, Mike, to actually be in the arena and the way the two seasons and networks overlap, MLB Network, we essentially produce NHL Network, which is amazing. And, you know, it obviously helped me get in the door over there. But once the MLB season begins, I kind of transition over, which is uh man that's a rough one especially when the postseason begins like there's nothing more exciting than playoff hockey and i love me some baseball opening day is amazing and you know april's so exciting but then once you settle in you know you keep looking over and you're like man like 
these series are so good. So it just so happened that we had some issues with their personnel. And when the Avs lost game five on home ice, I'm sitting in one of our big studios doing pre and post for Friday Night Baseball on Apple TV. And I believe it was like the cards and the Cubs and I was about to host their post game show. And no offense to those fan bases, because I love both teams. <laughs> I could have cared less what was happening right. in that game. I right. just kept looking up at the Avs game. And uh, I immediately texted my boss, and I was like, if there's any way I could get to Florida, it would be a dream come true. And he's like, it just so happens that we're going to make this. Like, it has to happen. We actually need you. And I was like, oh, my God. So I went home at, like, 1 in the morning, packed my bag, flew to Tampa, uh, went directly from the airport to the mall to get an outfit to wear to host NHL tonight later that day at the rink. And then obviously the rest was history. But to answer your question, to be in that building and then later on the ice talking to obviously Bednar and Sackick. And I grew up a huge fan of Sackick. I don't think like I've ever been starstruck before in my right. life, having interviewed a lot of celebrities as you have as well. But Joe Sackick was the one person that when I first met him, it was the most awkward encounter because I was so starstruck. And then you fast forward to later on being on, you know, the charter with the team. And, you know, he became uh, actually kind of, you know, a close friend at the time and, you know, almost like an uncle in a way. Uh, to be there to see that mission accomplished and, you know, having been there covering the 48-point season, Jared Bednar's first season, it was just so full circle. And to see the looks on, you know, Gabe Landeskog's faces and, you know, even JT Confer's, uh, Miko Rantanen, obviously Nathan McKinnon. It, it was just, it was so gratifying and rewarding for those guys. And yeah, personally, it was, it was a really special thing. And I have to say that was definitely a career highlight. We are busy with uh, Lauren Gardner, NHL Network, MLB Network, but focusing on the, the hockey part of it um, right now. Jared Bednar, you mentioned him. You, you think back to that, that year and it almost felt like at the time this guy was just kind of hired to be a sacrificial lamb right take all the <laughs> losses and then once you guys start to build things up then we'll bring in an established coach to uh get this team over the hump why has he turned out to be the right coach for this team that's a great question and it kind of did feel that way right wall was out and bednar only had a few weeks to get his staff in place uh, he obviously inherited some of the staff members and obviously everyone there was great but you know when you take something over you want to install your own system you want your own culture to be in place and that's something he didn't waver from that 48 point season i'll never forget loss after loss mike going into those rooms and it was painful especially on the road when there was no other media covering the colorado avalanche uh, you had to walk in there and I felt bad because I didn't even know who to talk to anymore. I remember getting on a plane after another rough road trip and I can't remember which player it was, but like our, our TV crew and the radio broadcast crew, we kind of like sat in the middle. It's almost like a grocery stick to use a hockey term uh, between like the coaching staff and then the players. So we were kind of in the emergency exit row. And I think I was, God, who was I can't even remember who my seatmate was, but uh one of the players came up, he's like, we feel sorry for you. And my response was, I feel sorry for you guys. And they're like, we, like, we don't even know what to say anymore. And I was like, I don't even know what to ask anymore, but we definitely have a duty to the fans, you know, regardless of the outcome, regardless of how difficult this season is, the fans deserve answers. The fans deserve some form of accountability. So, you know, Jared Bednar was the one who always showed up night after night, practice after practice in 
as cliche as this sounds and you know there were moments where i was like okay coach like what else do you have but mm -hmm. it paid off was to trust the process and he put that new system in place and it was simple mike and it's what gave him so much success and you know his earlier roles especially when he won you know in the ahl was to just simplify get pucks to the net I know it sounds silly, but I think for so long, you had so much talent out there and they were trying to make it look good. And then there was so much room for error. And it's, I think in this league, uh, they're playing a little bit north, more you know, north to south and the speed is so prevalent. And uh, I think once he was able to get everyone to buy in, once he was able to really find a way to connect with Nathan McKinnon and he gave the room to Gabe Landeskog and some of the other leaders and, you know, Joe really trusted in him, but Jared Bednar is very much so a player's coach. He brought his staff along and I think he picks his spots. And then after that, um, it, it feels like everything just is kind of like in, in this flow and there's just like this synergy to use another cliche term, but it seems to work with this group because Jared Bednar is a guy you can trust. Having been there at the beginning and then seeing it come to fruition, now that we sit here right now and you see this Avalanche team trying to play without Gabe Landeskog, where, where and how are they missing him so much? I think they miss him on the ice. They miss him in the room. They miss him at team events. They miss him at the Halloween party, the rookie party, all of those things. Mike, he is a natural born leader. And you could see that from the age of 18 when they gave him the C. Gabe Landeskog is wise and mature beyond his years. And without him there, I mean, you know, you've been there. Uh, I think there is a there is a bit of a void. He has that grit too, right? Like there's, there's so much finesse and so much talent out there. But Landy just brought it when it was needed. And he could, he had this way of, of seeing what was out there in front of him and of reading his teammates of reading the situation on the ice. And, and he knew what void he needed to fill. Without Landeskog, I think they're just trying to, I, I think they're just trying to find their way. Obviously things are looking pretty good. You look at the standings. I think Winnipeg has been a bit of a surprise in this division. We knew Dallas was going to be outstanding. And then you look at the conference as a whole and, you know, here comes Vegas again. LA is kind of surprising everyone. Edmonton's struggling, but don't count them out. Of course, Connor McDavid is unbelievable. Leon Dreisaitl is going to do his thing. They had their own coaching change. Uh, and I could see them definitely turning it around. So it's going to be tough. It is going to be tough, but I have a feeling Mike, they'll find a way. I don't know exactly what the timetable is. Every time I check in, it's kind of a different scenario. And uh, I don't know. I have a feeling, though, that Sackick and Chris McFarland, too, is also, I think, highly underrated. Will decide which personnel they need at the deadline, if anybody, and they will bring them in. I know they were kind of in based on the rumors I heard on Patrick Kane. That obviously wasn't the fit. But they'll find someone if Landy isn't ready, you know, come the deadline, and they don't think he'll be ready by the postseason. Visiting with Lauren Gardner, NHL Network, and I, I, I think it's perfect that you were there in Detroit to see Patrick Kane's debut. And there, when, when he had made his decision, and it wasn't the Avalanche, I don't even know, maybe you can shed some light on it if, if the Az were ever really in on Patrick Kane. But there was almost this sense of, well, hey, he, he didn't want to go to a winner, he went to Detroit, so clearly he's not interested in winning. And with some of the stuff that he's dealt with, what kind of player are you getting 
anyway. Do you believe that Patrick Kane will deliver for Detroit in a way that will leave Avalanche fans saying, ah, darn it, wish we could have found a way to make it work? There were so many question marks going into yesterday's game, Mike, that he answered in a way yesterday, you know, the minute mark was kind of up in the air. This is hip resurfacing surgery for a 35-year-old. I mean, arguably the best American-born player of all time, but still a very serious surgery nonetheless. And if you look at all the other players in his age range that underwent that exact same surgery, it did not go well. Uh, he looked good out there. The Sharks have been coming out of nowhere and playing out of their minds, especially on the road lately, and they lost in overtime. Mike, I don't know if he was necessarily the right fit, and I think that was something that a lot of people were discussing when it came to, obviously, you had to talk about cap space. Uh, he signed for just shy of three for one year, so short-term is important. Is that something the Avs needed or even wanted to gamble on? I don't think they needed to, per se. Mm-hmm. The wings, and, and believe me, as an Avs fan, it did pain me to be there. So I just yeah, want to count right. it by saying yes. that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I walked into that room. <laughs> and you know who's actually on the coaching staff there? And I completely forgot until he called me out when we were in the room following morning skate. It's Alex Tange. I was like, Tange, oh. how could you be on the staff for the wings, you traitor? Oh, traitor. <laughs> I know, Mike. Uh, but it's, it's so... It's such a tough thing. I, you know, Iserman also another great, right? Like he, mm-hmm. he saw something in Kane. Kane played his uh, U16 hockey there under Pat Verbeek. He was on, you know, the U.S. national team in Ann Arbor. He's very familiar and comfortable with the Detroit area. He also played with Alex DeBrinket in Chicago for five seasons, which was a big reason why he decided on Detroit. I don't necessarily see. Avs fans in May looking back and regretting okay. that front office not being more aggressive with Kane. I'm I'm saying that now one game into his uh his new kind of like tenure post surgery. Uh I, I guess history will will be the deciding factor, but I, I, I am obviously rooting for him just because you always want to see the greats succeed in this sport. Uh but I don't think he was meant to wear to wear the uh, Avalanche logo on the front of his sweater, but we'll see. Next time you see Detroit and you see Tangay, tell him, thank <laughs> goodness he scored two goals in that game seven against New Jersey. Otherwise, he'd be dead to us. Okay. Okay. Sure I will let made. him know. Make sure he knows that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's interesting. What, what great perspective you get to be able to cover baseball and hockey in depth like you do. I'm curious, how do the two sports differ how are baseball players baseball teams different similar in terms of covering hockey players hockey teams i was just thinking about that yesterday because we arrived i had hosted nhl now and this was a last minute thing we we weren't sure if he was going to be playing if you know the wings would give us a one-on-one with him which was that was kind of like what the whole trip was continuing upon and their their PR staff is amazing. The organization is incredible. And their head coach loved me popping into the presser, asking him all sorts of questions. And, of course, JT Comfer is now with yeah. the Red Wings. And right. he was out uh, just due to maintenance. But it was, you know, I was trying to figure out what was going on because Comfer was actually supposed to center that second line with Kanan and Dabrinkit. And, you know, the, we got all of our duties fulfilled, so to speak, in the morning. And then we had hits later on in the afternoon. Well, I was thinking about the way the schedule just lays out in and of itself. And you know, this is kind of a hurry up and wait situation. Just kind of plan out all your topics for 
for your appearances on the various shows, whereas baseball, you arrive at what? Two o'clock, one thirty. you have batting practice, and then maybe you'll do your first hit. And you have the opportunity to walk around and have conversations during BP and, you know, yeah. gather more information. And it's definitely community-based when you're on site and it's a much more relaxed atmosphere because you have 162 games. Even during the World Series, though, I found it interesting, Mike. Uh, last year, I covered the Phillies from the wild card all the way through the World mm -hmm. Series, um, which was so exciting. Uh, and I can't believe I'm admitting this on your podcast, but I might have become like a low-key de facto Philly fan. Don't tell the Rockies. I'm always going to be born and raised a Rocky fan, of course. Larry Walker, my guy. Um, but what an <laughs> exciting run. So you you have the opportunity in a more relaxed atmosphere to connect in a different way with the respective coaching staffs and players. Whereas with hockey, you know, it's it's a lot more formal and the players are just as amazing, right? Like I've I've had nothing but great experiences and I think you understand this having been in, in the Denver sports market, you were out here, you know, in the Northeast as well. Uh hockey's like a family. It's yeah. it's gosh, I, I can't say enough good things, but you walk into a room and you just feel like people just embrace you. It's like a warm hug, right? Like even seeing like I was saying, you know, like Alex Tange and um I, so the, I, the differences are more so scheduling and just bulk <laughs> in terms of gaming. Uh, and then hockey, yeah, I would say just hockey, it's it's a little bit more spread out and it's, it's harder to access people. Um, but for the most part, I don't know. And people always ask me this. They're like, which do you prefer covering? I can't choose one. I really can't, Mike, because they're just both so great and it really is about the connections you know with people that we end up having along the way and getting to host nhl now and then off base on mlb network uh is they're both just such fun kind of playful casual shows where we get to help bring out the personalities of these players and these individuals that make them feel like hopefully they're seen and they're telling their stories and maybe they're connecting with someone at home that yes. may have felt like alone in a certain area you know whether it's they, they have a stutter um, or there's something going on with their lives that they're like, man, that's really cool. Or like just getting to know someone like, uh, my fiance was watching an interview with Rowdy Telez with the Milwaukee Brewers and he's being so funny and so self-deprecating this interview we were doing with him. And we had a fashion segment and he was just talking about all these goofy things with his wardrobe. And he's like, I don't know anything about Rowdy Telez or the Milwaukee Brewers, but I'm rooting for this guy. And if you get to be the conduit to help tell that person's story and let their personality shine through and help people enjoy like their favorite sport more, that's mission accomplished so other than being able to do this with you if uh anybody watching right now you have a chance to sit down and have a couple of beers with one personality from the mlb network and one personality from the nhl network besides you who would it be oh my gosh i can't believe you're putting me on the spot like this i honestly can say i love everyone <laughs> i work with mike I'm, I think I'm like contractually obligated to say that as well. Right, uh, right, right. Just who's world, just who's a little bit more. They're all great. I get you, but yeah. who's just a little bit more? I mean, they're just a little bit more out there than uh, they're a little bit oh, more man. out there personality-wise. So many great people to pick from. The coolest, most surreal moment. This is going to be another tangent because this is how I do interviews. I'm not used to being That's interviewed. Mike, hey, it's so uncomfortable. Let's go. Get I know. I get so uncomfortable though when the attention's on me. I'm like, no, I'm used to like talking to other people and you know no. getting everything out of them. Uh, this World Series, we sat in a trailer 
with our whole crew, you know, it's kind of behind the stadium. So everyone thinks it's super glamorous. It's like, no, we sit in a trailer and we watch the games and then we run into the stadium and we do our post game obligations. Um, with, I watched the game with Albert Pujols and Pedro Martinez. And I mean, in, in addition to the rest of our crew, but to see the game through their lens was just phenomenal. Pedro Martinez is probably the person I, I would suggest because yeah. he is not just an absolute genius when it comes to, you know, anything pitching. Uh, but he's also the nicest human you will ever meet despite all the fame and success. And he's just such a, a lovely human being on the hockey side. This is so difficult. We have so many great personalities, especially some of the newbies like Brian Boyle just joined the crew and he's so funny. He's like our resident, like goofy curmudgeon and uh, Jason Demures who, you know, played for several teams, including the Arizona Coyotes is just kind of uh, a funny, goofy guy whose wife was on Broadway. Like they have such wow. great stories and such yeah. cool personalities, but I would have to say it in terms of intelligence and just like interesting stories, Mike Johnson might be a genius. And he's found a way through, and I'm sure you're familiar with what ENPS is, but it's a system that basically has rundowns for TV shows. And he's figured out how to back time our shows. So we can yeah. time things out. Our producers will look at him and be like, what is wrong? And I was like, you need to use your powers for good because this is terrifying yeah. how yes. smart you are. Um, so I guess those two, but honestly, we have so many incredible people at both networks. And I think this is probably the same for you that uh, we kind of have a, a no jerk policy at MLB mm. and NHL networks. And it really is just, it's, it's such a great culture full of so many wonderful people. Uh, Jake Peavy also like that yep. guy is in, in an actual band still. And he just like hangs out with random people. And even with like one of our researchers on a show, they're going to go see the boss, uh, Bruce Springsteen. And he purchased tickets for him and his girlfriend, our researcher and his girlfriend. And uh, I think he got them a hotel room for the night. So he's like, as long as you guys can get down there. And he's like, you can't be serious. But no, like Jake PV might be the nicest, most interesting person on the planet as well. It's just, it, it's so hard to pick because people just keep like coming up in your mind. All right. So last one for you as a, as a, as a Denver uh, native sports fan, gained a chance to fulfill a dream of, of, of covering these teams and watching these teams. As somebody who works for the MLB Network, we're in the Christmas season. It's all about wishes and miracles. Do you ever think you'll see the Rockies win a World Series? One can hope, right? One <laughs> can hope. <laughs> Mike, that is tough. Hey, listen, we saw the D-backs make it all the right, way. And right. no one thought that would happen. I, th I can't remember what their odds were to win the pennant at the beginning of the season it was something insane like like a plus eight thousand or something like that so mike never say never we work with dan o'dowd so i've i've heard yep. all the interesting stories dan o'dowd a lovely lovely human as well i'm a big fan of his uh will go out of his way to you know talk to anyone and everyone at the network regardless of their position i hope so I hope so. I want to be an optimist and I still, I still beat that Rockies drum at the network and people look at me like, what? And I was like, cause everyone's like either a Mets or a Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cause you know, we're in New Jersey, but no, uh, I, I, I I'm going to say I have hope. There's always hope. Well, this has been awesome. I'm going to leave it and at that. 
yeah no that's all we have that's all we have to go on you know just uh just just hope maybe someday and and see if it happens but this has been awesome and please 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 have a great holiday season we love 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 the success you've had and we root for you from afar wherever you are but please let us know next time you're going to be in town uh, with with the Avs covering the Avs game, please let us know. We'd love to have you on the the show with with uh, Schlereth and I, and uh, love to make a big deal of uh, your homecoming. So please please let us know. Really appreciate you, Mike. Thank you so much. My entire family is still in Denver, so I, I make frequent trips back. But I really appreciate you having me. Obviously, big fan of yours, and of course, uh, stink. So keep doing the great work, and thank you again. This was an absolute pleasure. This was fun. Hey, enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you again soon. There she goes. Lauren Gardner from MLB Network, NHL Network, and she does a a great, great job and uh, really enjoyed that. Hope you did as well. That'll do it for today's version of the uh, Mile High Hockey uh, Podcast presented by Fort Comfort Gutters, your comfort, our priority, and have a great week, and we'll see you next week.